Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the kachad it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop he's right i mean what can you say he's right he's john bishop john what are we gonna talk about today on this podcast that we do about the disney pixar series of movies cars and their subsequent spinoffs including planes planes fire and rescue all the cars tunes and especially mater's tall tales and Quite likely even more that we haven't even considered. Yeah, video games, books, toys. <laughs> There's a it's, lot of it. It's truly so much content for something that isn't actually that much content. And now there's, we're at, all we're doing is adding more content to it. We are mm-hmm. exasperating the problem by doing a podcast about this series, this, this property, this universe, this Carsverse, if you will. And now are we going to take any amount of, uh, I don't know ownership of the fact that that is a problem that we are contributing to absolutely not that is not what we are trying to do no 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 that's not our goal it's not our vibe and uh please stop asking (laughs) i would go so far to say please stop begging Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but speaking of the cars first john we have been stuck down in some just Some of the minutiae recently, I'll say, you know, we did a whole episode about a guy with a mattress on his head. Not not one week ago. uh, Hmm. True enough. And and you think we should do more of that? Yeah. So this is uh, autobiographies, Leroy Traffic 2. We just didn't have enough time last time. Mm -hmm. That was a lie. We're not doing that. Uh, (laughs) What I was going to say is I think this week. John, let's ask some big questions All right. about these cars and their place in the universe. The cars now, first. when someone says big questions, yeah, there are a few that pop to mind. Where do babies come from? What What are we having for dinner tonight? Yeah. What's your favorite color? Green. All very big, very important questions. And of course, the answer is green. Yeah, green. It's, it's the best color. Yeah, so John and I are in agreement. Even like I think the same shade of green, like a deep forest green, if I remember right. I like a, a good hunter or emerald green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, that's the episode, I guess. If we answered, mm-hmm. what's what is the empirically best color to be your favorite color? Uh, if so, okay, you're a car. If you're a car, mm-hmm. I mean, green means go, baby. You know, green means go. Red means stop. Red, also, common misconception, people believe that that causes you to pay more on your insurance. Not true. Really? I always, I, I never checked into that little fun fact. I didn't know it was apocryphal. There are uh, little tidbits here and there as to why that might be. 
uh, oftentimes red cars uh, might have a price increase, but I do believe the car that costs the most on average is the black car. Hmm. I guess it's easier to see like scratches on a black car. Well, you might think that. Yeah. But it, it seems that people still prefer having all black cars. Yeah, it's harder to see mud and dirt on a black car. Scratches, I feel like, would be easier to see. Anyway, John, what happens when the cars die? Uh, they go to heaven. <laughs> Specifically the Judeo-Christian heaven. Yeah, we have. I remember we had a lot of fun in in the Supernatural episode, I think. Uh, just playing with the ideas of the Judeo-Christian uh sort of uh belief system being true completely in the cars verse mm-hmm. uh, and so that is of course of how how the cars took over is because of the idea of souls inhabiting uh cars wait say that again slowly uh cars no the whole the whole set okay the whole thing there's a there's a word there's a word I was gonna like pounce I- inhabiting. On. No, you the right before that, right before that, uh, because of uh, so this week I thought we should talk about the Disney Pixar film, uh, Soul. Yeah, that's that's it's that's it, that's what we're doing. I don't know that it's an origin story, but I don't know. John watched Soul recently, I watched it a while back, and John wanted to talk about Soul. <laughs> All right. Uh, as as we said very early on, uh, we're not going to limit ourselves to just cars. That would be absolutely ludicrous. And it's our podcast. We do what we want. Uh, that's what we said in episode, I believe, four when we talked about Toy Story. And then we almost never did that. Yeah, I would argue that the origins are our excuses to talk about other movies quite often. Yeah, but where's the where's the strength of conviction of uh, it's our podcast will dance how we want and with whom stood of we'd have wanted to have done. Well, you see, I think it well, how, what it is, is we've just wanted to talk about cars for about 90 out of 93 episodes. Uh, 91, I would say, actually, because we did Toy Story. And then I did that one that was the uh, Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. All right. Which, honest to God, one of my favorite episodes we've done. Uh, but... Well, I don't know. I think we can relate soul to cars a lot, so I'm going to probably still relate it to cars a lot, but it's because it's what I want to do with this podcast. It's not because of any of you are making me, okay? I'm my own person, but if you do, if you, I don't know, if you wanted me to talk more about cars in specific ways, we'll probably do it. We take fan suggestions all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kachat at gmail.com or uh, at the kachat on Twitter. So, yeah, if you want to make Lucas eat his words, just tell him to, and he probably will. I'll make a cake out of them, baby, and I'll eat that. And I mm-hmm. can't make cakes good neither. John, start us off. All right. So, as you know, a movie about a dude who just straight up dies. Yeah, he does die really soon. Spoilers for Soul, but this happens in the first few minutes. Uh,. <laughs> Now, you might be thinking, well, he doesn't die. His body is still there. It's in the hospital. But for all intents and purposes, he died. We know this because his soul was supposed to go to the great beyond. You might say, well, how do you know that? 
Because there's a, a character whose entire story arc is telling you that this man should be dead. Yeah, there's fully like an accountant guy who is like freaks out. And because uh, the main character, it's been longer f- for me since I've seen this movie, so I can't remember his name, like literally forces his way off of the great escalator going into the the big light. And like, I don't know, the fact that he was on the big escalator to the big light in the first place, <laughs> to me, says, yeah, yeah, he was going to die. He died. Mm-hmm. And then he starts running the wrong way and somehow sh- just shoves his way through an invisible wall, which, if you've played video games for a long time, is something you've probably experienced trying to do. And uh, it's a great experience because then you just find yourself in a blank void forever except this guy landed into the the great before yeah it's it's interesting to me already the like cosmology probably doesn't mean this but like cosmopolitan just, yeah thank you physically in space these two places are intrinsically linked and like when he fell fell through the void he went through some like like shenanigans and like visions of other stuff but he was able to fall from the escalator to the afterlife to the before life and that's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. and uh one reason this i believe is possible is because they do in fact encourage some of the, the the greatest minds the greatest souls the greatest lives to have been lived to go to the great before to inspire the youths some of which just definably terrible yeah yeah some of which are tina fey too but yeah she's she plays 22 who is a soul who hasn't become a human doesn't want to become a human because life sucks life sucks and then you die and that's her whole character arc is that's how she feels and then she learns that eh maybe life doesn't suck that much yeah there's some really lovely stuff about her actually going to earth and I don't know, just experiencing, there's a really nice little sequence where a, a, one of those little helicopter seeds falls into her hand while she's inhabiting the body of our main character, Joe, whose name I looked up. And I don't know, it's a movie about appreciating the minute to minute little stuff in life. And it's really, it's a good movie. It's very beautiful. Music's wonderful. The visuals are great. It gets a little messy in the middle, but it's still a lovely movie. <laughs> Yeah, they straight up kill a cat multiple times. Yeah, they sure do. Um, so the well, the main message I believe that is for specifically Tina Fey's character is that uh, the reason she has been in existence but not born for so very long, because uh, here's a little joke: her name is twenty two, and the number you have is the like soul that you are. So like she was the twenty second soul to ever exist. Yeah. Which is punctuated by the next person being introduced being like in the billions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's that. I, uh, was, I was a big fan of that joke. So uh, one thing, everyone has something called a spark. And a big part of the movie is you have to figure out that the spark isn't your reason for living. Yeah. It's not your purpose. It's something far more like ethereal than that. It's something like, Oh, the thing that can bring you 
a very specific sort of motivation and joy, something that can make you like more content with life. And uh, all these people have their things. And his was playing the piano and uh, hers, as it just so happens, was one that was impossible for her to find without living because her reason for living slash her thing that makes her happy is living. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Ain't it? <laughs> but also, that's a really hard concept to have in your movie, especially if your whole thing is, it's not your reason for living, but it is, but it isn't. Yeah, it was one of those. I remember we talked about this a little bit with Cars 3 when we talked heavily about Cars 3. Is like, Cars 3 is a really lovely film. It's a averagely lovely film, but... uh <laughs> But a lot of the concepts are like, when do I know that it's my time to go and like <laughs> make way for the younger generation? Which like, hey, Pixar, it's a kids movie, huh? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? They, these children aren't having to retire or nothing. A strange, uh, strange message to choose for your kids film, for sure. Yeah. And th this was another one that it was like, it's a it's a great, great lesson to impart on children but it seemed like especially the way they were framing it with joe being like a person having a like personal crisis feeling like they've achieved nothing it seemed very aimed at like the adult experience of like oh my god what am i doing with my life <laughs> uh which i don't yeah. know i i'm sure kids who watched it loved it because i don't know it's a fun movie and tina fey uh, does some fart jokes in it and stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> but i don't know it, it's it's weird i don't it there was a bit of like who is this for in it i'll say yep and it's all punctuated by a moment that uh the main character joe has that funny enough you told me about you having one without that being the topic of conversation just last night oh neat it was the moment where he plays uh spoiler alert he plays the gig that he's been wanting to play his entire life. He gets his big break. And right at the end of it, he's like, huh, so what do we do now? We do this again tomorrow. Oh, and uh, the moment you had described was you had done something that you had been wanting to do and you enjoyed it. But then someone says, well, I'm going to another state to go do this again. And you just had that moment that you had. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. That's uh I wanted to be a stage manager for a long time. Uh, well, not a long time, a few years in college. And then I was the assistant stage manager on a show, had a really great time, lovely experience. And then I remember the PSM, the, the main stage manager of the show, at the end of it was just like, well, I'm going to go to Maryland and do this all again. And I just had a moment of like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. No. OK, this is not for me. This is not what I should do. OK. Well, it's a good thing I know that, I guess. The difference, of course, was that uh, his wasn't necessarily, oh, I I don't want to do this anymore. It was more of a, oh, this wasn't my reason for existing. Yeah. yeah this yeah. like this isn't going to fulfill me in a way that nothing else could. This is just something that I can do that I am good at, that I feel good about being able to do but it's not everything to him. 
and realizing that there isn't a specific thing in your life that is supposed to be everything for you or the big thing or this strange feeling that will sweep you off your feet and make you realize that this is what I was meant for. That's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really lovely movie. I think the message is great. The message hit me a lot. I was sort of feeling adrift doing what I do now as well. And it kind of struck a chord with me a lot. It struck a chord because it's heavily about music. Uh, Yeah, it's really, really good. Now let's, now let's do some freaking theory crafting, John. Okay. So theory time, super easy. Uh, Here's what it is. In the movie, they show us that you can have your soul go to the wrong place. Yes. Because his whole thing is he meets this young youngster, and this youngster guides him to Earth, and then uh, he gets in his body, air quotes around that, except he misses, and he goes inside of a cat's body. He does go, he went, he does go in the cat. Which they do confirm kills the cat. I don't know if they confirm that it kills the cat, you see its soul go to the great beyond. Yes. I've I it's entirely possible they killed the cat doing this. It's also possible that the cat died of natural causes at the moment necessary for Joe our protagonist to inhabit the cat's body. Ah, so this therapy cat, it dies of natural causes just before he enters his body and it creates a an empty body vacuum for a soul and his body just goes into it. Yes. Again, it's possible that Joe's soul hit the cat so hard it murdered the cat's soul. <laughs> it, it ripped the soul out of the body and replaced it with a much larger human soul. As if the Grim Reaper's horrible scythe had passed through it, the soul was ripped untimely from the cat and or the cat just peacefully died in its sleep at the correct moment. Uh, and... You just mentioned the, the Grim Reaper's horrible scythe. And something interesting is in this film, we also know that you can enter a state of being where you are in sort of limbo, where your soul can go to the great beyond. And you will experience that in a physical sense because the accountant does that to a dude, a random dude, because he missed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was weird. And that man is deeply traumatized from the experience. And what does the accountant say? It says, oh, it's not your time yet. Don't worry about it. Well, unless you keep eating those trans fats. And he laughs as he like points to the fact the guy was eating potato chips. I fully forgot about that. I, I was thinking you were talking about how like they can get in the zone and like their soul goes to like a demi plane of some sort. Yep. And being in the zone is very similar to uh, a form of addiction. Yeah, yeah. There's there's good being in the zone (laughs) where you just, uh, like, you're doing something you love and you lose yourself in it. Uh, And, like, you you experience, like, a very ethereal thing. Uh, But if people get too much into it, they become... Like a Kingdom Hearts nobody, John explained a lot of Kingdom Hearts to me last night. Are they more of a nobody or a heartless? I would say they're probably more of a heartless. Okay. Because My what apologies. happens is their heart 
goes into the zone, except instead of being in the zone, they're more in a rut. Yeah. And it's, I keep doing the same thing over and over and life has no meaning and I'm just going to keep doing it. And I got to buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. And their example was a stockbroker who was trying to buy and sell and trade. And when someone was able to heal his spirit a little bit and force it out of being in the zone in a rut, he immediately has what I can only assume is a somewhat psychotic break because he begins throwing everyone's computers and destroying a lot of very expensive technology. Yeah, he decides, I don't want to do this anymore. But in a very, yeah, violent and destructive way, he doesn't hurt anybody that we see. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, he makes the, the executive decision. I realize that this is not worth doing for the rest of my life. And you can too. So he destroys other people's computers. Yeah, but you said very importantly, the souls can go to the wrong place. <laughs> Expand on that and why that's relevant. Okay, so originally when we were talking about the souls going to the wrong place, we we're talking about how his body is not the one that his soul goes into. It's actually the cat's body. And uh, if we're talking about an origin story, that of course means that what if it was a car? Soul went in a car. The the soul what done did it done entered a car, and it's a car, and that's a person, and it's got a soul. And I know what you're asking: Do the cars even have souls? And that's why it's time to go over to the wiki quote of the day. Give me that ominous quote of the day. Oh, you know we're going for it. Uh. This week, I've got a couple actually this week, uh, but we're going to start over on worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash tire changes for the soul. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's one of them one sentence or no, sorry, two sentence entries into the wiki uh, that I will that can be expanded on if you click to Guido's page. But it's tire changes for the soul is a book about changing tires. It was read by Guido near the year 2006, which is very fun. Uh, Basically, in Guido's bio, uh, the one that was used for the original Cars movie, it says he's reading a book called Tire Changes for the Soul, Uh, which one, we can't get into it, but one, how how does Guido read a book? Even with his forklift, that would be hard. Mm -hmm. Two, does imply an existence of a soul, but, it at least implies that they, like us, believe they have souls. Yes, yes. It, like, it implies the existence of a soul to the same degree that like it, the existence of a soul is implied in our world. But, and this doesn't relate to the episode, I'll be honest. I just searched the word soul on worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com. But there are a couple things on Mater's wiki that I want to read that resulted from that. Because... I searched soul and Mater's page came up and I had to just control F soul to see what happened. So it led me to Mater's bio from cars, which is wild that I don't, I don't think I've ever read Mater's bio before because it's got some, it's got some stuff in there. Uh, Lucas, I will warn you. It's a little too early in the episode to be resorting to our, let's talk about how Mater makes everything make sense. I know. But I, I think we're just going to take a little side road to Mater and then come right back to Seoul. And I know that that's probably not what's going to happen. We're going to talk about Mater for half an hour. But I think we can just 
do this saying, hey, maybe this is good evidence for another episode, but let's go back to Sol. Anyway, the relevant part comes near the end where it says that Mater is the heart and soul of Radiator Springs. Sure. But the beginning of the bio is Mater's a good old boy with a big kind heart, parentheses, which he inherited from both his mom and dad. Uh, which hmm. I don't know. I've never thought about Mater's parents, but they're usually not that explicit about family ties. Uh, and the only tow truck in Radiator Springs, he runs the towing and salvage and manages the local impound. The little rusty, he's got a quick, the quickest tight rope, quickest tow rope in Carburetor County, and is always the first to lend a helping hand. It goes on, says he's the heart and soul of Radiator Springs, and he doesn't have a mean bolt in his chassis. Which, one, just the mom and dad thing was something about that. But the other one I wanted to point out is there's a bit of trivia that also was pointed out to me uh, by control fing the word soul. Uh, and it is, It is noted by John Lasseter that Mater is way too innocent, pure, and kind, so he can never hurt or harm any soul. He can't even kill a bumblebee without mourning for its life. In fact, this was shown in the Cars teaser trailer, which, I don't know, man, I would say in our exploration of the Carsverse, we've come on a very different, uh, we, we've, <laughs> we've come to a very different conclusion about Mater and his willingness to harm others. Uh, well, it seems like it's very much uh, similar to how Hollywood appro- approaches a lot of uncomfortable situations. Uh, clearly... We've seen Mater be inappropriate with Mia and Tia. Mm-hmm. So we know that maybe they're just choosing to ignore some of the worst traits that he has. Or maybe, just maybe, they're afraid of Mater's godlike powers. Yeah, I think they're afraid to get him upset. And I will say just one other thing. I was just scrolling through Mater trivia. It, do- it does reveal that his favorite water park is Kersploosh Mountain. But yeah, that's, that's all I want to talk about. Mater, he's got canonical parents, and John Lasseter has a different opinion on how willing he is to harm others than us. But the important stuff was that cars do have the concept of a soul, as evidenced by Tire Changes for the Soul, a, I guess, spinoff of Chicken Soup for the Soul, or like a, you get what I'm saying, a their version of Chicken Soup for the Soul that Guido was reading. Bella's just oh, going for no. it, huh? She's looking at me. She knows she's guilty. If I look away for too long, she's going to do it again. Chicken soup for the soul. Yes. What's that about? How's it pertain to tires? Is there a new tennis shoes for the soul? Don't think so, but you know, I couldn't say. There are lots of different versions of chicken soup for the soul. A fact that I knew but learned the depth of when i worked at a used bookstore <laughs> a lot of them came through there's like chicken soup for the teenage soul chicken soup for the, the like mother's soul and they get really weirdly specific like the dog lover's soul it's weird so who's to say there wouldn't be a chicken soup for the pit stoppers soul in this world but it's called tire changes for the soul tire changes for the soul yes We've talked about how their tires are their shoes, but also maybe their hands and feet. Yes. I sort of, like, when I hear it, 
I get what the idea they're going for is. Like, a tire change for the soul, to me, sounds like, oh, you're swapping stuff out that isn't working. It's like you are making changes not to your body, but to your person. And, like, maybe that's, like, what it means. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so I've been on a journey trying to find some of these interesting chicken soup for the soul. And one of them was chicken soup for the soul. What I learned from the dog, 101 uh, stories about life, love, and lessons. Well, that's fun. (laughs) And it's a picture of a man and a dog. And I want to say it's supposed to be them looking at each other. But it looks like the man is just staring deeply into the mouth of the dog. And the dog is just, I guess, having a, a... normal teeth checkup oh no i'm on a wikipedia page right now it's uh chicken soup for the american idol soul chicken soup for the baseball fan soul chicken soup for the beach lovers soul and that's just the a's and b's all right i know there's a board game is there a chicken soup is there a soup branded off of chicken soup for the soul is that what you're asking me Yep, I know there is a dog food because I keep seeing it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Why would well, they do that? Oh, here it is. Chicken soup for the soul classic chicken and brown rice recipe and lamb and brown rice pate. Pate, yeah. Never mind. That is still dog food. <laughs> weird. Weird. Yep, there's that's just their wet dog food. Okay. I don't think they have actual soup, but they've got a lot of dog food options. I think they, you know what I think happened? I They think, got it twisted? I think they set out to make soup, and they had people try this, and they're like, oh, this is awful. Maybe I'd feed it to my dog? And they're like, okay. Oh, that's what you were supposed to be doing. <laughs> you ate it? Oh, no. Oh, John, I found chicken soup for the NASCAR soul. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good. Let's see, how much does it go for... Uh, goes for six bucks on ebay if you want to find that yourself uh but so that's your fun fact of the day yeah it could be yours folks if you unlike the two of us are actually fans of racing you could i don't know read a chicken soup for the soul book about it honest to god i don't know what's in those i've never opened one to see what they contain poems uh well did you say bones I said poems, but poems poems is pretty good. Okay. Okay. I was like, Lucas, why would a book have bones in it? Uh, Looks like a collection of short inspirational stories and motivational essays. That makes sense. That makes me understand why there are so many. Yeah. At least. Because like one person just writing a thousand books is pretty impressive and intimidating. But if it's just like a collection every time, that's just BuzzFeed right there. Yeah, I think they've just basically franchised it out. Like you, you pay for the name and you collect stories and you're good to go. Uh, Chicken soup for the horror fans soul. It's just ooh. no sleep like the Reddit and also the podcast, but in book form. See, I like to think it's just the book scary stories to tell in the dark with a different color cover. They just took off the old one. <laughs> I'm going to be real. One. That's the joke I wanted to make, but I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> I can pull not even I can pull children's books. <laughs> Again, I worked at a used bookstore for about nine months. Anyway, 
So soul end up in car body. Yes. We are pretty sure cars have souls just as much as we do. And uh car now has human soul. Bada bing. Do that a million times over. And that's how you get cars. Yeah, like maybe it's even just like a one ends up in the car and they're like, hey. This works much better. Actually, this you don't, rules. <laughs> you don't have to die now. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, the the people in the great before or whatever, they're not people or what, whatever they are. The beings are like, oh, they like it. Well, start sending some new souls to the cars, I guess. I don't know. We Everything around here is pretty slapdash, as you can see from the events of the movie Soul. Let's just put, let's put some people in cars. And everyone loves it, and they keep doing it. I mean, that's how you do it right there. You just, you just go crazy. You just respond to user feedback. They like being in the cars. You put them in the cars. Bada bing. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. this movie. What is the number one takeaway that you get from it? From a, from a standpoint of the message they're trying to give, how well they did it, and uh, what message you actually received. For me, the message I got was just sort of like, hey, calm down a little bit and appreciate the little things. You're fine. Which I think is similar to the message they were trying to give of like, hey, you don't have to have a like capital P purpose in life. Your purpose can just be life. And that's fine. And that's good, even. Is that what you're going for? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also important to note that my main takeaway was that for some reason disney pixar assumes that every single historical figure was a complete jerk to specifically one individual yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) mother Teresa was a complete jerk to this one little kid for seemingly no reason it was oh she's just really annoying yeah i don't think mother Teresa is gonna throw a hissy fit over an annoying kid i have seen a thing like a a fan theory about like in the final bit where uh, uh, we've been talking about it for a while, spoilers for soul uh, (laughs) 22 becomes uh, a kingdom hearts heartless. Joe goes in to try to pull her out uh, or them out. I don't know that they have a a assigned gender or or a gender identity. And like they replay some of the things Joe said to them, but they're not, actually what joe said some of them are but a few of them are much harsher than what joe actually said to them yes however i must point out that that was during the point in time where she had already been taken over by the uh strange heartlessification process whereas the other one other one other ones weren't that's fair but like because i believe even the like other people who were weird shadow monster figures i think their quotes were slightly altered during the evil shadow monster state see i would argue that it was obviously joe said some stuff to 22 that he very much should not have and was very harsh and mean Mm -hmm. but i would argue that it was 22 turning that in their mind that led to them becoming the heartless. There's probably a name in the movie for it, but I don't remember what it is. I think they're lost souls. Lost souls. Yeah, that's it. And I don't know, 22, like throughout the movie, you see that like 
their big thing is it's not that they think life will be boring. It's that they're very scared of Mm. living period and they're very insecure and unsure of themselves. So I don't know. I think that it's possible 22 turned these things that all these historical figures said to them in a way that very much affected them and affected how they remembered them. But it's also possible and funnier if Mother Teresa just really got pissed off at this soul that didn't exist yet. See, the thing that gets me is that, okay, maybe it's because they spent hundreds of days trying to fix, but no, the the people are given one day. Yeah. They're given one day to influence this person. And you're telling me that every single historical figure was incapable of lasting one day without breaking? Yeah, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's rough is what I'll say. So one interesting thing is that this film does not shy away from the fact that some people are just bad people. Yeah. Uh, One of the pre-born souls, like before they go in, they basically say, here's a list of insane character defects. I'm going to be a hassle. And then they go off and live their life. And, uh, I think they describe themselves as a megalomaniac and all that jazz. And uh, then they just go off into the world. And one thing they do is they introduce these people to uh, historical figures of great import who had very strong, powerful lives. And I think they even make it a point to be like, oh, we're not making judgment calls or whatnot. So it seems quite a bit like there's a chance that some of the people that were meant to influence these people or kids are like some of the worst people in history. Also like some of the most like Genghis Khan could have been there or Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler could have just been people who are like teaching these kids. And that's a spooky thought. Not even kids like pre babies. Mm hmm. And it's and it's not even like it's going to influence their personality in a direct way. Basically, they're helping these kids find motivation and goals and skills and whatnot for how their soul is going to pull them in life. So they're not influencing like personality quirks or characteristics. They're changing the fundamentals of who this person is going to be. Yeah. Like I said, I liked this movie like drastically more than I disliked it, you know, mm-hmm. but there are bits of it that were just a little messy for me <laughs> of like, yeah. again, the middle of it just sort of got a little unfocused for me almost. And that that was, that was that had nothing to do with what we're talking about. But yeah, also just the system they set up for pre determining what people are was kind of weird. <laughs> And, like, I think they even have a point, like, yeah, and this will definitely be influenced by their upbringing and whatnot on Earth, uh, being, you know, nature-nurture stuff. But, I don't know, it it just didn't completely gel with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I was never sold on the idea of it at any point, I don't think. Yeah. Again, great movie. Great movie. Yeah, again, I, like, I have very few qualms with this movie, but... I have some, and we're talking about it, so I'm going to say them. And also, this is unfortunate, but I don't think either of us are particularly qualified to talk about the good parts of the movie. Like, 
uh, we've both got slight histories in music, but I don't think either of us have any extensive, uh, like specific to jazz piano. Yeah. Like I was in jazz band in high school. So I have like an appreciation for jazz, but not much knowledge for it. I slacked off a lot in jazz band and like, we also have no real place to talk about like what a phenomenal representation of black culture this whole movie was like this coming from like what i have heard actual people of color say about it and like watching it i was like this seems like a really good representation but i don't know we're both white so we, we don't have really a point of view on that that feels like we could share very well mm-hmm. oh boy okay so I, I don't know i don't there are a lot of good parts uh like technically speaking very well made uh animation crisp beautiful uh they've got different styles that indicate what kind of world the creature comes from and is exploring and uh one of the things about the great beyond and the great before is that it's uh, a lot more abstract and that's very intentional in their designs. And uh, the souls are even designed to be like very cartoonish approximations of what people could be simplified to look like, but in no way should it actually denote what that person is going to be or look like until after the fact, once you're in the great beyond, it will represent more closely who you were like it'll show a hat yeah like but that doesn't exist beforehand i like joe's little soul hat i thought that Mm -hmm. was very fun are you were you ever at any point in your life a nine inch nails fan i have listened to nine inch nails uh in my more angsty years trent Reznor from of nine inch nails did the music for this movie like not i doubt much of the jazz but like the other like the non-jazz also incredible soundtrack was composed by Trent Reznor. That's super weird. Right? Okay. He's, he has sort of taken on a second life as an incredible movie composer. Which okay. I never listened to Nine Inch Nails, so like it's not that weird for me. But I've heard a lot of people who have heard that for the first time think it's wild if they did listen to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to have to digest that for a while. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay so um what do you want to talk about now well i figured we could maybe dig into some cars afterlife kind of stuff okay if we felt so led if we felt like that was our spark maybe mm-hmm. uh yep that's that's the beauty of it it's they talk about the spark but they do not talk about like what the spark actually is because that's the best thing to do like if you're writing a story and you have a character who's supposed to be incredibly intelligent. Don't write as if you're incredibly intelligent. Just kind of leave that to the audience's imagination. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a concept that's not supposed to be something that is exactly understood, then don't explain it because that's just the exact opposite of what you should be trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- there's, I mean, the crux of the movie is when Joe is like, oh, the spark, a person's purpose. And the extra planar being or whatever it is, is like, oh, you, you souls are so weird. That's not your purpose. And they're like, what? And they're like, anyway, bye. A spark isn't your purpose. Um, now I'm bu- bye. Goodbye. 
Oh man, love love the fact that they had as many uh, actors and actresses as they did. But I really like that uh, Richard Ayoade was in there. He is always very good. But do uh, you know what I remembered while I was preparing for this episode? What's that? The the scene from the original Planes movie in which the character from India explains reincarnation into tractors to Rusty Crophopper. <laughs> okay, so we know that reincarnation is believed to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, for all we know, it could be how it works. So maybe soul doesn't really apply to <laughs> this movie. And yep. uh, the great beyond is just you are reincarnated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean... It was very clearly like, oh, this plane is a is practices Hinduism. Mm-hmm. I remember we had a lengthy conversation of like, I don't know, man, you don't rep, you don't need to carify a religion to the point that you're like cows are very important to their religion. So let's figure out how what we can represent that. Would be. Yeah, it's great. We're gonna. It's it's kind of like the Jeff Dunham effect of oh you have a race or a characteristic about you I'm gonna make a puppet that's that it's like oh that's that's not good okay yeah um, just, sure just like when when they like it's different from how they did Catholicism right which is not what it's called we call it that <laughs> they had the Pope mobile and I think that's pretty much the extent of it and that was like. Aha uh, ha, ha. But like a character who actually practices and is like going to try and explain something to it, that makes it far like that seems like you're specifically pointing out things that are sacred and then making them car jokes. Yeah, it would be like if instead of in cars too, uh just the Pope Mobile being a sight gag, if I don't know, a Catholic uh sorry, Catholic character in cards too took mater aside and explained like transubstantiation through communion yeah <laughs> to mater uh, we call this the eucharist yeah <laughs> stupid <laughs> it was like uh and, and then jesus chrysler said this oil is my oil but like give me <laughs> wait <laughs> oh boy so, yeah, that would have been bad, and they didn't do that. But they did with Hinduism in Plains, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> shouldn't have done that, but they did. <laughs> they did. Okay. And so... we, we just did that with Catholicism, but I don't know. Yeah. That's fine. We're not a major company, and also we're adjacent to it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the fact that I'm pretty sure... That Lightning McQueen cheated death because this Disney Pixar film establishes that that is definitely a possibility is that someone can do that. This uh, teacher did that. So maybe this race car died and then just decided he wasn't dead. Yeah, you're, of course, talking about the big crash at the beginning of Cars 3. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Joe doesn't even make it look that hard. Like. He's just freaked out that he's dead. Resists. He gets back into his body in like three different ways. Yeah, he just is freaked out that he's dead, resists some, and then falls to another plane in which he is able to return to his body. I imagine 
souls are often freaked out that they're dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to do a side tangent right now, because this is something I think we should definitely talk about, and I think it's important. And what I want to talk about is the fact that I think there was a great tragedy that is very, very quickly passed over that no one really talks about at all in this movie. And the reason I think that is because when Joe dies, there's like one person 20 feet away from him in the front and then one person 20 feet away from him in the back. And then after he starts freaking out and people are going and ascending and whatnot, there's just all of a sudden a group of hundreds of souls. <laughs> that's that's true. There was like a lot of spacing, like, oh, like every second or so someone dies. And then all of a sudden, maybe a thousand people all died at once. Yeah, I just looked it up. Apparently the death rate is about 120 per minute, which makes sense. There are lots of people. So I guess that's possible. But yeah, maybe something happened. Because, <laughs> like, the reason it's an issue is because it wasn't that way and then it was. Like, if we assume that there wasn't some reverse of that, where for some reason, as Joe died pretty much no one else around the world died for a while. That's one thing, but that'd be less likely than what is seemingly more likely is all of a sudden there was a massive influx. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. And like the length of the escalator, like when they do the wide, wide shot of it, like, I don't know, it's pretty slow moving and maybe people appear on it at different places because it seemed like when Joe appeared on it, he was already in front of someone. Mm -hmm. So maybe it just had been populated and we hadn't seen it somehow. But yeah, I get what you're saying about how that's a little concerning. <laughs> and you could argue that, okay, well, maybe a bunch of people were scared and were running back. Or a lot of people were eager and they were running forward. Except that's not how it happened with any of the people we saw. They were all accepting of their deaths. Like... They were super zen about it. One person was like, oh, it's my time. I'm 85 years old. I was like, oh, okay, that's nice that you were ready for it. But then there was just this huge crowd. And uh, that huge crowd was just all there at the same time. And this one guy was trying to run away. And he was blocked by this huge crowd, which was just, I guess, there to design uh, tension for yeah. the situation. So it's like, oh, it's harder. He can't escape the same way. He's got to figure out another way. So he pushes himself out. And part of the reason it seems like he's able to push himself out is because there's so many people at one time. Almost as if this death escalator isn't designed to handle <clears throat> massive influxes all at once. Death escalator. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're right to, to point it out. I, I think... It's something I didn't really pay much attention to. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there could have been some horrific incident that caused that. And I do want to double back to how at peace everyone seemed, which like, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that they were at peace. I, 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 I hope that most folks are uh, at the moment of their death, but I don't. I don't think most people are completely at peace, tragically mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem all that likely. And I gotta say, if I'm at peace 
like the moment after I die, it's almost certainly only going to be because I'm like, oh, afterlife confirmed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, or like there's some general like extra planar or whatever calming effect of like, hey, it's natural for these folks who have spent their life on Earth when they go and see some ethereal floating to a light escalator that they are to freak out. Let's maybe help them calm down. I'm thinking of if you've seen the good place, every time anyone uh, wakes up in the good place, they are shown a wall that says, hello, everything is fine. And it seems to genuinely comfort everyone who sees it. Okay. Yeah. So great tragedy happened. Confirmed. Sure. <laughs> Why not? All right. Let's talk about how absurd it is how they killed him off. Because the joke for a lot of the very first part of the movie was, oh, ha ha ha. He is just barely avoiding death constantly. Yeah. Because for some reason they think it's amusing to have him walk into traffic a dozen times and not die from it. And then all of a sudden when life is finally going to be going his way, he walks into like walks straight where a manhole cover should be. Yeah. Which I would say they are trying to reinforce their theme that he is so wrapped up in his quote unquote quote purpose Mm -hmm. Uh, that he is not looking at the his life or the world around him, like in this case, literally. He is mm -hmm. like talking on the phone to someone, like, I got the gig, and is so wrapped up in that he doesn't perceive anything around him, which, mm -hmm. I don't know, good little metaphor, but also, yeah, he, he almost died lots of times. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the way they decided that he finally for sure died, severe head trauma. He, he falls into a hole, and hits his head really hard. Yeah, which like... It really implies that, oh, haha, -ha, all of you people who are going to have the theory of it was all a dream, we're going to make it really easy for you. Well, one, yeah. But two, my thing, I got, I got two things about the fact that this man died or was put into a coma at the very least. One, does a soul being put back into his body just heal him completely because like he was injured to the point of death and like when 22 gets pushed into his body he can just go for it he like 22 as joe just gets up and gets out of the hospital they're not good at walking but that's because they've never done it before it's not because like oh both of your legs are broken in several places and also, please stop moving around. You did fracture your skull. Yeah, so that to me, yeah, implies that for some reason, the soul going back into his body just heals him, which mm -hmm. is weird. But two, and this is sad, I gotta assume the man had a wallet on him or something, right? Did they explain why no one was notified of his extreme, extreme injuries? <laughs> I had not thought about that. But yes, we do know that he does have loved ones and co-workers. Yeah. And if they were told about his severe injury, no one went to see him. Yeah, and... 
no it's, one mentioned it when he showed back up. It's altogether possible there's some throwaway line at the hospital where a nurse is like, yeah, we still can't identify this John Doe or something. He didn't have a wallet that I just have forgotten and or we both missed or something. But I don't remember anything about that. And like, I don't know, he goes and visits his mom mm-hmm. <laughs> who lives in the city. And all she's concerned about is the fact that he has been lying to her about he doesn't want to accept a position that he should probably accept. Probably should accept it. You can be a teacher and gig. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's just that that sort of sat wrong with me when I watched it, I remember. And again, I'm sure if you want to tell me about the scene at one hour and three minutes where the nurse says, I sure wish we could get in contact with this guy's family. Uh, sorry, I was more interested in 22 as Joe experiencing pizzas the first time for the first time, because that was pretty fun. And also experiencing anxiety around people. Severe. Mm-hmm. Understandably. So again, they've been alive for a minute and a half. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like if you threw me right now, who's been to New York? like into a busy New York street, I would have severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it was in someone else's body, definitely. I don't know if I'd be able to walk with any semblance of normalcy. John, what's car heaven like? Car heaven is, uh, from what I understand, a very bright light. Uh, so I'm guessing headlights, oh, there probably go. your brights. And uh, from there, I got nothing else. It, I guess it's uh, very spacious, wide open roads everywhere. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I imagine it's very similar to just, you know, heaven. <laughs> yep, it's it's just heaven. Yeah, because oh, the cars are very similar to us. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole, that's sort of what the whole podcast leans on. Yeah. See, a bit of it is the idea of okay, you could say heaven is this that or the other, but then you have to talk about the fact that uh if we think that this is in any way like a prequel or connected universe, then we have to acknowledge that both Catholicism and also uh car Hinduism uh, both wrong, because that is not what we saw in the movie Soul. Well, not wrong necessarily, but like looking at it in different ways. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into the idea of, I didn't realize you were saying if it's connected to Soul. I thought you were saying if it's a continuation of the human experience, then there would be in heaven both humans and cars. Uh, and I like that a lot. I like that idea. <laughs> Okay. Because I don't know. I like the idea of them having to coexist in so it's paradise. Just Merida talking to Lightning McQueen one day because they just happen to be in the same neighborhood of heaven. Yeah, she's like, I fought a bear once and was mad at my mom, but then she was a bear. And, and then Lightning's I like, to love her. Bears were real? I thought those were just a mythological animal that was on a flag. I always wondered where the Californian flag came in. That's one of, I know I always bring it up. It's one of my favorite dumb pieces of evidence that some 
animator forgot to change the Californian flag to not have a bear on it. (laughs) (laughs) For a throwaway gag about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or just actively chose to leave it there. I do like that a little bit better. Anyway, that's the end of the episode, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is the end of the episode. I've decided. I don't need an answer from John. Thank you so much for listening to it. (laughs) It was a bit of a weird one this week, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, especially the parts where we talked about the movie Soul from Pixar. Uh, Sorry. If you want to send us stuff to talk about, like I referenced earlier in this episode for reasons I don't fully remember, you can do so at our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com, or on our Twitter, you can tweet at us, follow us, DM us, like our tweets, or block us. Don't do that one. Uh, <laughs> but our account is at the Kachat. Both of those are all one word with no hyphen in there. And we're looking for general episode ideas. We're looking for origin stories, autobiographies, Pixar studios. We're out here looking for... John, what's another miniseries we do? Pixar, it didn't happen. No, that one sounds like a weird one. Uh, Moments in Herstory. Thanks, John. Uh, And you can just send all of those. Or if you just want to say hi. If you just want to say, hey, I saw this meme about Lightning McQueen. And it made me think of your dumb podcast that we listened, that I listened to. We always enjoy those, too. Uh, I think once Caden just emailed us a picture of one of those remote control cars that can like flip upside down and keep driving and said, Hey, this is what I think lizards are in the cars verse. And that's maybe one of my favorite emails we've ever gotten over the course of this podcast. So you it's can really s- good. Yeah. So you can just send us things like that too. I've talked for too long. Now it's John's turn. Remember to like comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in listening to this kooky little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac and sting like a beamer. Tight.